Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, for that prayer. I know any time I speak for the Lord, um, I'm anxious. And I'm glad I'm anxious. Amen? Uh, I'm glad that he makes me anxious. Uh, You know, it was um, the late spring of uh, 2005. And I was on an airplane flying from Kuwait to Grand Haven, Michigan. That was a long flight. Of course, we stopped in a few places. And this was my uh, opportunity to take a welcomed time off. Or as we call it in the military, take leave. Um, And attend my oldest son's uh, graduation from high school. And... um, I was in my ninth month of uh, a uh, deployment in support of uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom, and I also supported uh, Operation Enduring Freedom. I was based in Kuwait, and I tell you, I was looking for a much-needed break and a time of reconnecting with my family and my friends. I... um, You see, even though the Persian Gulf offered some beauty, as you can see, it looks beautiful. Uh, At first sight, it might seem like a regular ocean beach. Am I wrong? It looks pretty good. I mean, I'm messing up the picture, but I think the, I think the Persian Gulf is, uh, was beautiful. But you know what? I mean, and it wasn't home, though. I mean, I will say that. It was not home at all. But if you had been standing there with me that day, if you had been, and seeing this beautiful sight, you would have also been almost about to throw up with the smell of oil. I mean, that whole country smells like oil, if you've ever been there. And I know some of you have. And needless to say, I was anxious to put the seriousness of war, the suffering of war, kind of out of my mind, if only for a couple of weeks. What a break it really was. I wanted to forget about the sandstorms and the other aspects of living In a desert, a strange, inhospitable place like that. And those sandstorms are real. If you've been there, they are real. But more than anything, I was looking forward to coming home. I mean, that was it. 
to come home. Even that long flight. In the military from day one, if you've ever been in the military, you know that you learn what it means to want to come home. You definitely remember that. Um, Home is more than simply a place or a name. It's much more than that, in fact. You see, to come home is to know how much you are loved and how much you are missed and hopefully how much you are needed. Home is something or someone you can count on. I know for me, it's always been Yvette. She's home. And of course, my kids, they're home. Uh, you know, again, how much you are loved when you come home. This love that I'm talking about is deeply rooted in family ties. And when I, I, I think about that, those family ties, those relationships, they're also contain expectations, don't they? And that's what makes this love so special, is these expectations. It is a love that is built on hopes, also in dreams and promises. It is a loyal kind of love. A love you can trust. You can depend on, you can rely on this kind of love. And no matter what, it will never let you down. Amen? If you know this kind of love, you know it will not let you down. Coming home is always filled with love and excitement. I knew that when I arrived at home, I would be safe. It is at home that I could be vulnerable and weak. And it would be okay. I can cry if I want to. I can let those tears flow. And not be concerned about who's watching or who's listening. I knew that home, when I'm at home, I would not be judged at all. I can let my guard down. I wouldn't have to be a strong and formidable army officer, a superman of sorts, faster than a speeding bullet, right? More powerful than a locomotive, and you know the rest of it, able to to leap tall buildings. Single bound. No, I didn't have to be that anymore. I'm at home. I can just be me. Just goofy me. Simple me. I didn't have to put on a face. Feel a role. Have a a job to do. With all my flaws and all my insecurities... I could be that because I am home. Today we begin the second week of Advent celebrating God's love. Earlier as we lit the second candle of the wreath here, the Advent wreath, we were asked to look back in our lives and remember, remember God's faithfulness. We were reminded that He has been faithful to bring friends and family into our lives who have loved us with much patience and grace. 
Thus, I believe that all the thoughts and emotions connected with coming home is just another heartfelt example of God's steadfast love. Wow. And His faithfulness. It's my example of that. That what I, what I can sense and see and hear and feel inside. I invite you to go ahead and turn in your Bibles this morning. Whatever you may be using for a Bible. Uh, to Psalm 85. We'll be looking at 13 verses there here in just a few minutes. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And... Uh, But first, I want to give you some uh, background. I want to share something about this passage before we read it. You know, it helps to recognize this psalm as a prayer of petition or request to God. Specifically, to Yahweh, which is his, this is God's personal name, Yahweh which most commentaries agree is God's covenant name. A name which promises the reality of His presence with us. And I'd like to think of it as an endearing or affectionate name. Perhaps a name shared only in private with God. Yahweh. I remember as... uh, our children were growing up. Some of you are going to relate to this, I'm sure. When they were growing up, we sometimes would affectionately create a nickname for them. And some of you in here have nicknames, if not mo- most of you. Uh, I don't know if I had any, but you may know yours. Um, and those nicknames <clears throat> sometimes would be more, uh, would become kind of permanent. And yet not always so appreciated. And I'm sure that our 46-year-old daughter, Cindy, wouldn't want me to call her Neener if she was sitting in here this morning with us. Oh, Dad, Neener. (laughs) I don't think she would want that. But you know what? In private, it might convey to her my unfailing and faithful love, Nina. She knew what I meant and how that made me feel inside. And even our youngest son, Bradley, I mean, isn't he cute? I mean, he's 32 years old now. And he probably wouldn't want me to be, you know, to call out to him if he was in here this morning and say, Bubby. Oh, Bubby. <laughs> what about it? Is that true for your house? Amen. Yeah, we've all got those names. You know, they're, they're heartfelt, aren't they? Nonetheless, I think the psalmist, he, he chooses to use God's personal name, Yahweh. And by all accounts, God has no problem with this name. Does he? He, he doesn't seem ashamed of it or... Afraid of it or anything. It doesn't bother him. In fact, he loves it. He loves it when we say his name. You see, like Adam, Noah, and Abraham, and Moses, and David before him, the psalmist knows. 
He knows that Yahweh wants to have a covenantal relationship with his people. That's what he wants. And for in that relationship, because of that, he wants, you know, we can expect that him to demonstrate his love for us in that relationship. The Hebrew word for Yahweh's love is chesed. And I know I'm going to struggle with that. I'm going to take a drink. I hope I won't throw too much water on you. But now we could go through Pastor Jeff's normal thing here, but I won't do that. We'll just trust my version of it with a little bit of (laughs) with a little bit of Texas accent in it. Chesed. Okay. now you can say it if you want to. Chesed. Right. Just be careful and don't say too much because you might give your neighbor in front of you a shower. But uh, when we look at the slide here, look at the, the different uh, meanings and definitions, more or less, of, of this word chesed. Um, it has multiple words to express this kind of love, doesn't it? And yet Yahweh's love or chesed is so all-encompassing that even those words are not enough to describe God's love for you this morning. There's not enough words up there. And for me, these three statements get closer. In fact, there's a popular Christian song uh, that says this. And when I when I'm and it's speaking about God, it says, "Your love never fails; it never gives up." It what? There you go. You see, for me, though, those three statements get closer to helping me understand this chesed, what it really means. His love never fails; it never gives up; it never runs out on me. Never, never, never. He has never failed me yet. Amen. And in our passage, it is possible, if not likely, that we find the psalmist in Judea. Okay, coming back to that, maybe even Jerusalem. And for him and perhaps many others, the time of exile is over. The time of exile in Babylon is now over. They've come home. Oh, they're happy to come home. Finally. And I believe as he's there, they've come home and realized they're facing difficulties. They're, they're looking at, it, at their land. They're wanting to rebuild Jerusalem and the walls around it. They're wanting to rebuild the temple. And I believe it's likely that there's some concern or doubt that they'll ever be able to see the grandeur, the greatness of the nation again. That's what they're facing. But they're home. And thus the psalmist opens his prayer by first looking back into the past and saying in verse 1, in a most personal way, let me read it to you this morning. Let me start there. Yahweh, you poured out blessings on your land. You restored the fortunes of Israel. You forgave the guilt of your people. Yes, you covered all their sins. You held back your fury. You kept back 
your blazing anger. Verse 4, now restore us again, O God of our salvation. Put aside your anger against us once more. Will you be angry with us always? Will you prolong your wrath to all generations? Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? Verse 7. Show us your chesed, Yahweh, and grant us your salvation. I listen carefully to what Yahweh is saying, for he speaks peace in his faithful, to his faithful people. But let them not return to their foolish ways. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. So our land will be filled with his glory. And finally, in verse 10, Chesed and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth springs from the earth and righteousness smiles down from heaven. Yes, Yahweh pours down his blessings. Our land will yield its bountiful har- harvest. Righteousness goes as a herald before him, preparing the way for his steps. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. You know, the psalmist is armed with the words of the prophets. He opens his prayer, remembering Isaiah and how faithful Yahweh has been in the past. And he writes, you poured out blessings and you restored the fortunes of Israel or the greatness of Israel. Again, the psalmist remembers the words of the prophets and how that in the past Yahweh forgave his people for their wrongdoings and their moments of waywardness. In verse two, he says to Yahweh, you covered all their sins. The psalmist remembers also Yahweh's unfailing love. And his chesed saying in verse 3, you held back your fury. You kept back your blazing anger. He realized that Yahweh in the past put aside his just anger towards his people. And thus always welcomed them back home. The psalmist knew he could depend and rely on this kind of love. Likewise, in this season of Advent, just as the psalmist is being mindful to remember what God has done in the past, we too are reminded that some 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born. He came into this world to seek and to save the lost. To forgive our guilt and our sins. Church, His coming is the greatest example of God's unfailing love. Amen? This morning, it's the greatest example we have. That's what we celebrate. And that's what we are to remember. We need only look into our past, each one of us, and remember that God's unfailing love or chesed was at work even in your past. And, and I'm, I'm talking about those times in the past when maybe you thought all was lost and then God comes through and shows how deep His love is. You remember those times. 
You look back, you can see them. Like the psalmist, we can look back and we can remember God's faithfulness. This reminds us that God has always welcomed us to come home. Always. To come home is to know how much He loves us. How much He misses us. And how much He wants us. Many of us in this sanctuary and online, you can look back. We can look back at our past. Some of us. And remember God's faithfulness and his chesed, his love. Again, our truth is in this song about God's love for us. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me and you. Yes, we can look look to the past and we can remember God's faithfulness. And yet I am believing That there are others who have forgotten God's love. And they need to come back home. They need to be reminded that someone, there's someone they can count on. And there's someone who really cares about them. And I believe we can and should be God's unfailing love for them. We can be home for them in this season. Let us remember that God has been faithful in the past. And let us remember we have an unfailing love to share with others, with each other and with this community. Let us remember that Jesus has already come. Amen. This season of Advent is about remembering. Now looking back to our passage, it becomes clear the psalmist is now looking at all the destruction in Jerusalem. In his prayer to Yahweh, he is now focused on the present, the here and now. And yes, the psalmist could have complained about all the devastation. Of a once great city of Jerusalem. The beautiful temple that is now destroyed. He could have chosen to blame God. For all the destruction. He could have said, why, why Lord? Why did you let this happen? But he didn't. No, he did not. Instead, the psalmist asked Yahweh to, in verse 4, restore us again. O God of our salvation. He even asked Yahweh to once again withhold his just anger towards his people. And he is saying, do it again. (laughs) Do it again, Lord. Restore us again. This reminds me of my oldest son, Ray. Uh, He was a great toddler. I mean, he was he was a handful But he was fun, too. And no matter how many horsey rides I would give him, he would say, do it again, Daddy. Do it again. Do it again, Daddy. Do it again. And I think today, part of my back problems. (laughs) Do it again. Of course, now I would let him on my back. I mean, he's my height and and quite a bit. I said, no, we ain't going to do that again. 
Uh-uh. But he does. He said, do it again. I was reminded of that. And I'm thinking that the psalmist must have just, he must have been just as thrilled to ask Yahweh, do it again, Daddy. Do it again. Make us, restore us. Restore your, your nation. He wants the best for God, for Yahweh. Not only does the psalmist want God to restore his people again, the psalmist tells Yahweh why he wants him to, to restore uh, the, the, his temple and, and all his people again. He says in verse 6, won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? In other words, show us your chesed, Yahweh, and grant us your salvation And I would add again and again and again. The psalmist knows Yahweh. The God who is true to his covenant and to his promises. He can rely on God's unfailing love or chesed. His faith in Yahweh caused him to rejoice Knowing God's love never fails, it never gives up, and it never runs out. And I would suspect most of us in this sanctuary and online are rejoicing today, knowing God is restoring your life over and over again and again. And even right now, we rejoice knowing God's chesed or unfailing love is reviving His people now, today. Even as kind of crummy as the world may seem, He is reviving it. We rejoice because God welcomes us home again and again. Home reminds us that there is someone we can really count on that cares about us. On the other hand, maybe someone today either in this room or perhaps online, you're not rejoicing in God's love or hesed. Perhaps they know the Lord, but they're hurting. They're grieving. And inwardly, they're lonely today in this season of Advent because of perhaps the loss of a loved one this year. Or maybe even a destroyed marriage. They need to be reminded, don't they? That there is someone they can count on. And there is someone who really cares about them. We also have families in our church who are hurting and dealing with financial needs. We've heard it this morning. Pastor Jeff mentioned that. Financial needs and other needs, too. We can be God's unfailing love for them. That's the call, is to be the unfailing love for them. We can be home for them this season of Advent, so they, too, can rejoice. Jesus has come. And we believe He is here with us in the Holy Spirit. Amen? He is here right now. 
And he did not leave us orphaned, did he? We could say he is here. God is faithful in the present. You see, the season of Advent is also about rejoicing. And finally, the psalmist uh, is in prayer to Yahweh, as he is in prayer to Yahweh. He does what sometimes I fail to do in my own prayer time. In verse 8, he listens carefully, it says. He watches. He waits for Yahweh's response. I sometimes don't do that. I just keep asking. And then at some point, the psalmist is enlightened. In verse 9, the psalmist proclaims, Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. So our land will be filled with his glory. The Wesleyan commentary writer explains, To those who fear God, that is, who willingly embrace his mercy, and I add, or unfailing love, There is surely a glorious salvation ahead. Ahead, not behind, but in our future. Church, our response in this season of Advent is to willingly embrace His chesed, His unfailing love for us. Amen? That's what it's, that's what we're called to do. We respond Because God welcomes us to come home again and again. And what do we do? We respond to that. We do it. In closing today, we are all being called to respond to such a great love. A love that never fails. It never gives up. And it what? It never runs out on me. We're being called to embrace God's chesed and share His love with a lost world. Every one of us is called to respond this morning to a love that never gives up. We are to be agents, if you will, of God's unfailing love for this world. We can also... Be home to them. Someone needs home today. Amen? Someone needs that. I would say all of us know or even routinely come into contact with someone who has never met the Lord. I would bet that. They have never experienced God's unfailing love. Ever. What greater gift could we offer them than God's great salvation? They need to respond to God's love. That's what they need. And you know what? They need to come home. Church, we believe Jesus is coming again in the future. We can say He will come again. God will be faithful to His promises. And all of God's people said, Amen to that. You see, this season of Advent is also a time of responding. Let us pray. Lord, we pray for those in this room or or online who are 
missing a loved one or even a close friend in this year, Lord, for Christmas. Or maybe someone who has fallen on hard times. We're praying, Lord, for them. We lift them up. In your name, Jesus, help us to share our unfailing love, or your unfailing love, Lord, for them. Help us to share your love with them in these days and weeks ahead. Help them to remember they are always welcome to come home to you, Lord. Help us to be home to them. That's what we need to be. And help them to respond and rejoice, Lord, and remember your love never fails. We also pray for those who need to experience your great salvation. We lift them up today. May this be the Christmas where they receive the greatest gift of all. Again, Lord, help us to share your unfailing love with them. We would be so careful to give all this to you, Lord, and ask you of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to give you a pastoral blessing. Uh, If you would all stand, and I'll give you that. Uh, Pass it on to you. May you go today remembering His unfailing and steadfast love for you. May you go rejoicing over His faithful covenant-keeping love for you. And finally, may you go responding to His loving kindness and mercy for you. And know you are always welcome to come home. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.